Have you ever wondered why people are tearing down statues and whether that's appropriate or not? Rockville Radio 7.77 is on the web. Each podcast we bring you interviews and music with a goal of lifting up the name above all names, Jesus, the rock of our salvation. Straight from the Rockville Radio 7.77 studio here in Southern California. Well, you know, if you've been watching TV, the news on TV, or reading things on the internet about the what they call the cancel culture, one of the targets seems to be statues and monuments and things like that. It's kind of an odd way. I mean, those things can't fight back. <laughs> and they come from a completely, in many cases, they come from completely different generations and, and times and have different significance than what people want to put on them. So today I want to talk about this whole thing with monuments and memorials and statues and the cancel culture. And I've invited along a, a friend who has been on the program before, Edward, the history teacher. And uh, Edward, he's, Edward, welcome again. Uh, hey, Bill. How you doing? <laughs> I don't know if I am the history teacher, but <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the intro. <laughs> well, well, there's two of us, so so we can be known as the history dudes. There you go, the history dudes. I like that. The episode with the history dudes. But uh, Ed, <laughs> Edward, when when you've seen this whole thing, and you yourself, because I'm a retired history teacher, you being a current history teacher still. Edward, yeah. when you see this thing with the people tearing down the statues and this cancel culture thing and destroying the past and so forth, um, I, I the first question I have is, what is the purpose of a monument? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the purpose of a monument is so that you can um, not necessarily memorialize something, but it, it's to like remember something that it that had taken place. Uh, uh, you know, something that was um, not of great value, but something that something that were happened in an area, it, it had taken place there, and you need to uh, you set up a monument there to for those that can remember for you know the future generation. Yeah, in a, in a moment we're going to look at what the Bible says because. Uh... You know, the whole purpose of the podcast is really to point people to Jesus and to point them to the Bible, but this topic, I couldn't ignore it because of um, being a history teacher and knowing that you're a history teacher as well, and what you just said, and what the purpose is of monuments. And so, I just want to take a moment really quick, like, and pray for the folks at the beginning here. Lord, we just want to pray for the listeners of the podcast today. Lord Jesus, that you would help us to uh, give impart to them some information from your word concerning this topic and this uh, controversy. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, amen. 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 And uh, yeah, thank you for elaborating on that, Edward. So, I wanted, I wanted to throw in here, as you're talking about commemorating and so forth, uh, I'm thinking about a trip that I took to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, back in, okay. back in the late 90s. I took a trip over there, and uh, thinking about that place now, the place is loaded with statues. Everywhere you look on that battlefield, you have the Union statues, you even have Confederate statues, and so forth. And um, 
if people were to tear all of that down and the, leave the fields of Pennsylvania and Gettysburg completely empty, mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't even know that anything took place there. Uh, what do you think yeah. about that, Edward? If, what, what if people from the cancel culture got in a big bus and went over there and did that? Uh, it would be a tragedy. Um, you know, history, as you know, is, well, I mean, you taught me, <laughs> history is made up of three things, individuals, ideas, and incidences. And that doesn't mean those three things had to be, like, positive. <laughs> That's right. Uh, they, they could have gone either way. They could be negative or they could be positive. And, you know, looking at things negatively or positively depends on your own perception, you know, and what you've been told and, and what you've been fed and things like that, you know? So, um, I, I believe that there, there's a reason why somebody way back when thought that it would be a good thing to erect these statues, um, and, and wasn't really looking at the the negative or the positive side of history. They were basically looking at it as a, this is a part of our history. This is where, this is where we, we, we've come from. You know, this is who we are today, but this is who we were. We, we fought a war for, for freedom twice (laughs) within a year of each other. I mean, within a hundred years of each other, we fought a war for freedom, you know, um, and it's just a it's a tragedy to think that um, someone be, would be willing to to tear those down um, because they're looking at it not from a historical context they're looking at it from a hyped up emotional context if that makes sense yeah and I think too uh, in a lot of cases they don't even know what they're tearing down I heard a story. I saw one on the news where somebody tore down the statue of an abolitionist. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, now wait a minute. If you're targeting people that are supposed to be racist, why did you target an abolitionist? Exactly. <laughs> a, a person who was against slavery. That made no sense to me. And yeah. uh, when, when, and uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just because you, you mentioned abolitionists, and it, and it wasn't just um, African Americans. I mean, there was abolitionists came from all walks of life. There were women, there were men, they were different nationalities that that were were willing to stand up and say, "Hey, this isn't right," you know. Um, and and I think this country has done a very poor job of reflecting on that part of it. Instead of they they always just reflect on the negative part, you know. But it was like, I'm sorry, because you mentioned abolitionists, and that and that was like a really good good point to bring up because the whole of America at the time during the 1800s wasn't just, you know, slave and free. It was people that were willing to put their voice out there and put their life on the line and to, um, to end this slavery thing that we had going on. And that deserves to be remembered, you know, and, and go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, so, you know, if, we, if you're going to tear down a statue, like you said, they must not know why they were tearing that statue down. They're just so hyped up on the emotional part of it. They, they tore down a piece of history of an abolitionist that was somebody who, that was willing to go out there and put their life on the line to, um, 
to get rid of slavery, you know? So it's like, I, I don't, I don't understand that part of it either. You know, it, it, that to me now is like, if you take that away, then how are we going to know as a society, how important abolitionists were during yeah, that time? That's right. And the civil war. And if you decide that you're going to target civil war uh, monuments and statues, you're going to do away with the story. It's the whole story there. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm reminded of, I'm going to kind of switch gears just a tiny bit here, still talking sure. about the Civil War and still talking about um, Gettysburg. There, there, were, there were miracles that actually happened on that battlefield. And, uh, and again, to back up what you're saying, Edward, just that people really need to know what these statues stand for. And uh, in Gettysburg, for example, one of the greatest miracles that happened there happened on the second day of the battle in 1863, and it concerned a colonel named Joshua Chamberlain. And that colonel was in charge of a unit called the 20th Maine. And that that was a union. Uh, They were a union outfit and um, a union detachment. And they were uh, trying to guard a little place called Little Round Top. And so um, he managed to, with God's help, this man with a small unit managed to hold off a complete Confederate force that was coming up a hill, a hillside, at the flank of the... uh, Get at the flank of the Union forces, the um, superior officers had told Joshua Chamberlain that if he did not hold that ground for the Union, the Confederacy would win that battle and possibly even be able to make it make their way into Washington and turn the tide of the Civil War. But uh, Colonel Chamberlain stood his ground there, and on that ground there is a monument that commemorates the 20th Maine and this colonel, and it's still there to this day. Uh, And so, I think that uh, those things are, like you just said, back to what you said, it's so vitally important that people remember what these things stand for. And uh, the Bible in Joshua 3, the book of Joshua, Chapter 3, the Bible actually talks about memorials and monuments. And uh, I'm sure somebody might be saying right now, really? (laughs) It does, and it does. The Bible, (laughs) it talks about monuments, memorials. The very thing that we're talking about here, not not statues. Well, it does talk about statues, but not in this particular Mm -hmm. incidence. In this particular incidence, uh, the people of Israel were supposed to cross the Jordan River And uh, the priests were supposed to go in front of them with the Ark of the Covenant, and they were supposed to go across the river at the at the high tide, at the the point of um, the year, at the time of the year when the Jordan was actually the most difficult to cross. And so um, they actually did this. Joshua three. I'm going to quote a little bit here from the Bible from Joshua 3:14. It says, "So it came about when the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priests carrying the ark of the covenant before the people, and when those who carried the ark came into the Jordan, 
And the feet of the priest carrying the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks uh, all the days of the harvest, that the waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away at Adam, the city that is uh, beside Zarethan, and those which are flowing down toward the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off. So the people crossed opposite Jericho, and the, and the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel crossed on dry ground until all the nation finished crossing the Jordan. So that miracle right there happened, the miracle happened, and then they, uh, they were told by the Lord. God told them to build a monument, to make a memorial to that miracle uh, right there in that spot. And the Bible says that uh, in uh, Joshua 4, chapter 2, God told Joshua to take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them, saying, Take up for yourselves twelve stones uh, from here, out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priests' feet were standing, are standing firm, and carry them over with you, and lay them down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So, God was telling him, I want you to build a monument. I want you to build a memorial right there at that place. Yeah. And um, to commemorate what happened. So, oh, yeah. I mean, we can yeah. we can definitely see like the miracles of God working right there. And how tragic how tragic would it be for us thousands of years later, not not knowing that, you know? And it's like it's one thing that we can praise the Lord for. Now you're a teacher. You're a teacher in uh, I, and doing what I used to do, as you, was, we just shared a little a few minutes ago. You are a history teacher, as I was, which means that you are teaching young people, the, the future generations. And uh-huh. I'd like you to comment on that aspect of passing on to the future generations the importance of the past. Uh, well, <laughs> you know... Uh, I, I like to look at it as you know the word history. It's it's, it's a story, you know, um, based on fact, and hopefully the you know students are being taught fact, whichever classroom they're in. Um, but it's it's a it's a, it's a topic that can can never kind of go out of style, and when you're teaching it, it's to discover something that you didn't know. Or, or something like that, it, it adds to your life. Like, you know, you just read, uh, you know, Joshua 3.14, for example. And, you know, somebody listening to us halfway across the world somewhere, we pray that, you know, that person, God would be speaking to that person, or, you know, as soon as they heard that, that verse. So it's like history class, you know, works the same way. You know, you, you discover things. Your your eyes are open to possibilities and things like that. So when you, if you were to write all that off and just try to erase it and, 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 and rewrite it to where it fits some sort of personal slanted narrative, I mean, you're really kind of doing a disservice um, to the future generations. Um, 
uh, of this country and, you know, from future generations from around the world. You know, every country has their own history story, including ours, you know, and good, bad, or indifferent, you know, the younger generation, our students need to know what that history is, you know, and so... You know, the old adage, you know, those who don't remember history are doomed to repeat it. And it's true. It's like if we didn't know the evil things about history, would we would we be able to recognize another Adolf Hitler? If if we if we just erase that part of history because it's too ugly, would we be able to, you know, so it's like we don't want to have a repeat of those things we've learned from our past, the the mistakes that we've made, but we shouldn't not talk about them because, um, you know, they don't fit a certain narrative. Yes. And that's, and that's what we're trying to say, tearing down civil war statues Mm -hmm. or statues from any time period, just because they offend you is, is a tragedy because it's destroying the opportunity for the people in the future to learn. Yeah. And uh, what do you see, uh, before the program began, you were telling me the uh, teacher's responsibilities. Oh, yeah. And and I I, I feel that teachers have an ethical duty to present a non-biased approach to history. I mean, because it's very easy, and and I'm sure you know this as well as I do, it's very easy to take um, your personal political views and pour them into your history class and try to train up your students to lean one way or the other. And I try to be the best I can be as far as marching down the center of that road because I feel that it's 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 unethical for me to espouse my personal beliefs onto my students. My students come from all different t- types of walks of life. Um, there's there's affluent students. There's not so affluent students. There's homeless. There's foster youth. Um, there's uh, students living in their cars. Um, there's you know they're just from every walk of life, and to get them engaged and. Part of that is to make them feel comfortable inside the classroom, to give them a reason to want to be there. I mean, let's face it, there's not very many high school students that want to be in history class. That's true. I can testify to that. (laughs) They're not like, wow, I can't wait for history today. Uh, So, you know, so we have to be able to at least create an environment where they're going to feel accepted where they're going to feel not judged for their personal beliefs or whatever, but they're also, we can come together as a group and, and agree. And even if it's sometimes agree to disagree, but we could agree, Hey, this happened and it was worth studying about because now we've learned from it, you know? So uh, I just think it's a tragedy when I hear um, other teachers and, and not all history teachers. There's, there's, you know, math teachers, there's language arts teachers, science teachers, and you just kind of hear earshots in the background of, of what they're talking about. And it kind of makes me wonder, okay, are you leaning this hard inside the classroom on your political beliefs or, you know, things like that? Because I, I really don't think that our personal beliefs belong inside the classroom. Um, 
you know, I have a tattoo on my left arm. It's got it's a tattoo of the cross, and um, the it's 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 shaped like a dove, but it's the tattoo of a cross and the and the fish and stuff like that. But um, and my students, I didn't say, "Oh, I'm a Christian." By the way, let everybody look at my tattoo. But when my students ask me, "Hey, are you a Christian?" I I say yes. But when they said, um, well, do you hate, you know, and I say, no, I don't hate anything. And I use that as a moment to, this is what the Bible says. No. So instead of, even with, even with that, I, I take it as, um, I'm not putting my personal beliefs into it. I'm just saying, well, the Bible tells me this. And then I let them decide for themselves. Yes. You know? And Edward, we're... Uh... We're kind of running out of time, but oh, okay. You just hit you just hit it right there, Edward. The cross, the ultimate sign from the past, the ultimate memorial, the ultimate symbol that memor- that memorializes something that everybody should remember. And if they don't Definitely. remember it, they should know it. Am I right about that, Edward? Oh, absolutely. I think the cross is so recognizable. <laughs> I, I, and hopefully we don't see anybody t- wanting to tear down that. Oh, there was. But, there, there was one place. Um, I don't oh. know if you saw that on the news, but there was, um, I think somewhere, I'd have to Google it, but there was some uh, Christian camp or some place where they wanted to tear down. The people outside of the camp wanted to tear that cross down and that church had to protect it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. But, you know, and the amazing part about that cross, though, is that we both know, and I hope and I pray that, those listening, is uh, the cross is just a symbol of what happened on that cross. The real story on that cross is is alive in inside the inside God's word, and is alive, uh, rose from the dead, and is alive. And that Holy Spirit that comes from that is what you know feeds us and guides us through that. So you know, it's like if somebody can tear down a piece of wood that's shaped like a cross. But it it can't tear down your faith, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That's right. That's right. And uh, and so I want to share with someone right now who may have been listening to this, and and we thank you. You know, I I recently, Edward, I think I might have shared this with you. Found out that we have people in different parts of the world, as you mentioned, listening. Yeah. Uh, Argentina, we have people listening, and we welcome you. We thank you for listening in Argentina, and and. Um, I think there's a place in Africa I, I saw. Um, awesome. The United, King, United Kingdom, Ireland, uh, Germany, and uh, here in the United States, all over America. So thank you so much. But we want to share this with you. The ultimate monument, the ultimate memorial, as Edward said, the cross. Uh, and even if people, like God forbid, they should tear it down, like Edward said, Jesus is still alive. But let's not even go there. Let's try to remember what that was, what the significance of that was, what, like Edward said. And if you don't know what the significance of that is, uh, it is, like Edward said, it is about Jesus. If you don't know him as your personal Savior, we want to invite you right now to accept him into your heart. And then you can understand for the rest of your life what the cross stands for, what that memorial, monument, what that stands for. So, if uh, Edward, if you'll just pray with me right now, and we'll lead somebody in prayer. You want to, Do you want to go ahead and do it, Edward? 
yeah. Okay, go ahead. Father, we just thank you so much um, for all that you've done in our lives, Lord, and all that you are willing to do and all that you're continually willing to do, Father. And uh, and it, we know that it's not just simply just a, a magic wish or or anything like that, Lord, or we know it's it's a it's a truly life changing um, way of uh, of living, um, you know, to to radically change our lives and just live for you to to read your word and to let your word come alive in our life, Father. So my prayer today, and, and I know as Bill as well with Bill, uh, if there's anyone out there that has been feeling that call. That, that has heard your your still small voice in their life, Lord. That they they hit they feel that tug on their heart, Lord. That they that they that they want to know more about you, Lord. That they that they desire that life of walking with you, Lord. To be forgiven, Lord. To have hope, which is uh, the biggest, probably the biggest word of the year in this twenty twenty. Pandemic time is hope, Lord, and and that and that hope is the only it can only be brought on by you and your Holy Spirit, Father. So, our prayer is that if anyone out there is wanting the hope of salvation, wanting the hope of peace in their life, wanting the hope of joy in their life, Lord, that they would um, that they would just you know calm their heart, calm their mind, Father, and that they would uh, just repeat these words. And there's no magic in the words. It's, it's truly just a a conviction of your heart, Lord. So, I, Lord, I just pray that um, you'd say, you know, uh, Father, I come to you today as a as a broken person. Uh, I realize, Lord, I've tried to do it my way, and that my way uh, took me further and further away from your truth, and further and further away from you, Lord. So, I want to turn to you. I recognize that I need you as a savior. I want your blood to wash me clean, to wash my spirit clean, Father, and to bring me new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you said that prayer, you uh, now understand what the real meaning of the cross is. So, congratulations. And uh, again, Edward, I want to thank you again for being a guest and just uh, invite you to come back again Definitely. so we can have Definitely. another discussion. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, I, I really enjoy our conversation. All right. Thank you, Edward.